As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to a special preview of Barcelona versus Espanyol. Um, okay, so last season and for some time, we at the beginning of you have been in pursuit of Kiki Sanchez Flores, late of Watford, currently of Espanyol. Um, and Godson of Alfredo Di Stefano. There you are. Not bad. Not bad. And another reason to get him on. But let's start with him. Um, we're going to be talking about Barcelona in a minute. But this fixture last season didn't go too well for the then newish coach controversial. of Espanyol. Um, so this was controversial last season. Kike Sanchez's uh, Flores' first season back in uh, Spanish football um, since he'd gone to the Gulf. You know, he'd been su- really successful as Getafe and at Valencia. And, you know, won a title with Real Madrid. Brilliant fullback or midfielder. His dad won the title with Real Madrid in the golden era. And Di Stefano was his, you know, his, his mentor, his, his godfather. And comes from a family rich in showbiz tradition. It's a really, you know, sort of, Entertainment royalty family. So the fact that he's back as a real Madridista and he's back at Espanyol, who probably dislike Barca more than anybody except for Real Madrid, and he takes his team to um, the Camp Nou in December. And Espanyol put on a decent show. You know, the score is 4 1 at the end, Neil, but Espanyol make them work. And, and probably best of all for the neutral, Espanyol force Messi and Suarez in particular, to play brilliantly. So the, the value in the game isn't the three points in the Catalan derby or the 4-1 scoreline. It's, it's the fact that it's one of the excelsior moments of Barcelona's season in what we kind of know is going to be Luis Enrique's last season. And at that stage, it's brewing like it could be a title again. It could be a Champions League. So you're looking at the quality and thinking, they're fizzing. They, they've, they've risen to the challenge. But it's still a Catalan derby. Espanyol have been pumped having played a fiendishly, um, aggressive is the wrong word, competitive game. There are boots left in. There are little vendettas. As there's been increasingly over the last four or five seasons, 
there's been individual vendettas against like player against player and carried over from game to game. And I think another thing that fed into it that's important is Luis Enrique and Kiki Sanchez Flores shared a dish at Real Madrid and did not get on with each other. To the extent that to try and take the heat out of what is deemed the, the alto riesco, they call it high-risk game. You know, if the cops are involved and the league and the FA, they all get together, look at the games and say, that's high-risk. And in recent years, for many years, what's happened is a sort of peaceful photograph, a, a, a friendship photograph. Before, you know, hostilities break out, the coach of Barca and the coach of Espanyol on the day before the game finish their press conferences and come together um, either on a neutral site or potentially in Camp Nou or wherever Espanyol Stadium is, given that they've moved a couple of times in, in, in living memory. And the two coaches will just kind of pat each other on the back or arm around the shoulder or even stand within the same shot, you know, even if it's cursing each other. But Luis Enrique and uh, Kiki Sanchez Flores weren't having any of this. And, and, and Kiki, I think Kiki Sanchez Flores was like, you know, I'm too busy, I've got a good book to read or something like that. And Lucha was like, who? And they fell out, as far as I can understand it, they began to fall out over a late night card game at Real Madrid. And then um, I think they're, they're in a dressing room. It's, you know, it's a tight place where bad words as much as bad deeds can sour relationships. And I think sides were taken. And to, anyway, it was commonly known that Luis Enrique and Kiki Sanchez Flores ain't going to be doing uh, Bob and Bing road movies together anytime soon. Um, so there's no photo. And Espanyol leave a stud in in the game. And Barcelona are forced to excel to win. So the unusual sight at the end is Kiki Sanchez Flores, the Espanyol, the defeated Espanyol manager, sort of doing a David Plate onto the pitch without the hush puppies and hugging several of the Barcelona players, notably Messi. And... You know, we like him, and, and I'm not sagging him off, but, you know, any closer than a snog. So, Kiki Sanchez Flores, who's perfectly able to speak for himself and kind of a confident guy, says, yeah, listen, my son's a big fan of Messi. He asks me to get his jersey. And Messi, well, apart from being a great player, his humility is such that when he's kicked in games, notably in this one, it's just, and it's a phrase I've used often to socios and in the books, that the first interview I ever got, I said to Messi, doesn't it hurt when you get kicked? And he was a kid then, he was 18, 19, and he said, you know, if I'm not warmed up and I'm kicked early in the game, sometimes it hurts like hell, but, you know, I, I'm Argentinian, I, I love the ball, I just got up and got on with it. And then he, he said that later in the game, he almost doesn't notice getting kicked because he's just so into the game and wanting the ball, which is lucky because throughout his life, he's one of the most kicked players I've seen, not on television in the 70s, but live. Kiki Sanchez Flores then says, listen, I adore his humility because he just keeps getting on with the game. And then he praised up Iniesta and Suarez a little bit too in the post-match press conference. And some of us probably like that dignified side of football and sport where you can be magnanimous about, you know, Messi's okay as a footballer, isn't he? So if you're going to pick anybody to be quite keen on it, Espanol fans went mental. That's a betrayal. You're in the wrong. Bad image. Why are you doing that? To the extent that 24 hours later, he had, he had to, is the wrong phrase, he chose to come out and apologise, which I thought stank the house out. So he went, I'm sorry to have made the Espanol fans feel like this, and you know, I, I never meant to create this uncomfortable feeling. But that was the background last season, and it's his first time back to the camp now, this weekend. And there are, there, I think there are interesting things, because it's, it's the return, for me, I think it's quite romantic. 
Espanol Saint Sergio Garcia, who was the the Bojan, the Munir in his day, the, the Michael Owen of Barcelona. When I had moved to Barcelona, Sergio Garcia coming through the ranks was noted down as an exceptional footballer, a striker. He got his first team place, and it was the Morkman Wise Andre Previn sketch. All the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. His movement was brilliant. The players gave him the ball. He got through one-on-one with go- on goal. And it just didn't happen. The ball would hit the keeper. He would fluff the chance. The crowd would groan. He'd hit the woodwork. And when a goal came, it would be too infrequent. And eventually, that changing time at Barcelona meant that he was gobbled up and spat out. Now, he went on to play brilliantly um, for Betis, Saragossa, to make the Euro 2008 squad to play in one of the games when Spain became European champions. And he's an extremely good footballer. His best football, I think, probably was Espanol before he went out to Qatar. He's back from Qatar, looking, still looking for sharpness and fitness, and maybe he doesn't start. But I'll be looking to see him come on at the camp now. Maybe to help them win it, hopefully. Um, but certainly to get a good reception from the camp now. And, and that'll be a moment that, if I see it, I'll treasure. And on the other side of the pitch, I mean, this is, well... I'll ask you, percentage-wise, what chance do we have of seeing the new model of the Barcelona front three in action together from well, the start? As, as, as we speak, um, it appears as Messi and Suarez have come through their international um, trials. Um, maybe not as successfully as either of them wanted to be, but fit, it seems. There's obviously the, you know, when you, when you travel back transatlantically overnight and, and you're in you know, a plane for 15, 16 hours... Problems occur at altitude, swelling, little knocks become bigger knocks. Let's see, but the, as we speak, it looks like Suarez and Messi should be fit. Dembele's been at the camp now training under Valverde. Dembele has been f- looking for the tone and the sharpness that he lost by going on strike effectively. He, he went further than Coutinho, which is part of the reason. It wasn't just the sum of money that Dortmund accepted and the fact that it from 105 it'll go up to 140 with very easy to fulfil conditions. Dembele said, and Dembele's given interviews that, you know, it's, it's laughed at. When I was eight, I watched this, and the player that I watched, and the game I remember, he's done a, for a 20-year-old who I saw talking about his love of Barca when he was still at Rennes, he's done quite a convincing job of, and the fact that he went on strike tells you that this, in theory for him, is, is heaven. Now, in his presentation, you know, when the presentation's held up, and... The fans who've come into the stadium free are starting to boo and chant for the president to, to resign. Dembele's love affair with Barcelona, or his initial love affair with Barcelona, might have been diminished a little bit when the president says, oh son, listen, we've just bought you. Get out amongst the punters and calm the raging swell. And I'm not sure what Dembele's words were in, in French or in English to him. I, I, my words, I'm not going out there. It's you they want to resign. I'm going to entertain them with the ball. So things got off to a bad start. The good part two of it from the belly and Barcelona's point of view is he's trained now whether Valverde who's a cautious man thinks he's trained well enough to start up front which is what you're fishing for I think there's a 60-40 that you see Suarez Messi and Dembele up front Delafeo has played really really well Sergio Roberto could play that role Delafeo came on for Spain um, against Liechtenstein is informed Valverde might want to say to him don't worry son I still love you Rakitic didn't play for Croatia, so Paulinho playing in midfield, although there are options. He captained Brazil. Brazil have had a reasonably good time despite dropping points to Colombia. They're already qualified. Paulinho scored in the game previous to the Colombia draw where he was... um, Falcao got another great goal. Falcao is a player who's just 
buzzing at the moment. And even though Mbappe's gone, the fact that he's fit and happy makes him back to what he was when he was the best number nine in the world. So um, maybe you could see Iniesta getting a rest because he played so much time for Spain. Maybe not. Um, but in midfield, I'd say there's a 60-40 chance that Polino starts. I think there's a 60, at least a 60-40 chance um, that Dembele starts up front. The enigma would be Samedo. Does he get his right-back spot? I can't, even though I know where he and the coach got off on a slightly bad footing, I can't really understand why Vidal uh, seems to be ahead of Samedo for Valverde. But we'll see um, when the game kicks off on Saturday night. Catalan derby, there'll be some animosity on the pitch, I'm sure. But even though Barcelona can look static and, and slow after a FIFA break because of the demands of training in a different way, playing in a different way, and then the huge jet lag that they... T- I remember initially um, talking to younger players when they were coming back, um, including Messi and uh, Gio Santos, and them talking about carrying jet lag for two weeks after this. So to say it's a banker win, I'm not sure, but my opinion is that Barcelona are in the right shape of the right players against an Espanol side who have yet to click, that all going to plan... I'd expect to see another three home points, but without Kiki Sanchez-Flores coming on the pitch to smooch with Leo Messi. That's great. Just a short update this week for you guys. Um, we'll be back again next week with the big inside view. But for now... Send us some questions if you want to. If you haven't liked what we've said, send us some questions that will push us in a different direction. We'd love them. That would be fantastic. Head to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to become a socio. There you'll unlock over 10 hours of bonus content, including exclusive big interviews with Ledley King and Rafa van der Vaart.